this me. Is, uh, it's me. It's Jordan and, and Mike. Micah. I'm Micah. And we are together, the collective known the as Podcast Universe. That is us. We exist to prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. That is exactly what we do. And we're here today to talk about. We're, no, we're here today to face huh? the music. Yes, that's true. And we're in the conglomerate that is Keanu Reeves. Yes, we are. And you're welcome for that. We're covering his three series that have three entries. Yeah. And we thought we'd start with the the number, his first, like, series. Yeah. But the weird thing is, his most recent entry was just last year in that. What? Making it a trilogy and something that we could cover. A little treat for us, a little treat for you. <laughs> Someone's coming in <laughs> hot this evening, eh? Eh. Okay, so... um. This is it. Bill yep. and Ted. Yep. This is Bill and Ted Face the Music. This movie is one years old. One year one year old. Only one years of them. One years of them. And it is what? A movie. Runs about maybe a little over 90 minutes. Not much though. A little bit longer than the other two, I think. Yeah. But um, did what what do you think? I thought it was fun. Is that all you have to say? Yeah, kind of currently okay thank you you everybody (laughs) for listening and um no i i thought it was fun too i liked it yeah i did i do have a couple of little nitpickers i do but i have an overarching just thought on it yes do you want to present that now just that like so this the second movie came out like not that long after the first one right yeah so it's 89 91 and then 2020 i just don't think you can make movies no, 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 I'm not going to say it like that. How do I say it, though? It's just, it's, it's really hard to make movies that have the magic of the other two today. Yeah. I think, well, one, nostalgia plays into this movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think that always can hinder a movie. Yeah. Funny enough. Yeah. It, it's hard to, to watch something when you want it to be just like the other ones. Because it never yeah. quite lives up to to what you to, to your memory. Yep. And that's okay. I think that's fine. And I don't think this movie is trying to do anything other than have a good time. So I'm not yeah. wanting to critique it too harshly. I just think as a whole, because there are a lot of, I feel like movies out there that were like a sequel comes out so long later because a studio knows they can make money on it. Or yeah. or the this actors, doesn't feel like that. no 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 it doesn't because yeah. because in this situation Keanu and Alex Winter really wanted to make a movie right and that i think that's like base level where you need to start mm-hmm. is to have the passion behind it because i do think a lot of the times it is just money yeah but yeah it's it's hard to to make those movies today a big part of it is that sir cg most of the time now because it saves time and money yeah and what kind of is charming about the other movies is that they have to figure it out practically or to use special certain special effects to make it just more interesting. Yeah. Even though they I agree look, with that. They yeah. look like in the the last movie, they look just as fake if you want to get into it as this movie when they're in the future, but they're stylized uh-huh. in such a way. You yeah, I, I, mean? I feel like I was I was sort of excited that the special effects weren't very mm-hmm. I mean, well, I don't want to say this 
like too harshly, but they were like very cheesy and corny mm-hmm. looking. And that was, I think that was a good decision. Me too. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. There's like a little bit lost in the, the tactility of the movie. Yeah. Like, and then this is just an observation I had yeah. about movies today that, um, cause in the first movie, they're visited by a strange man in a phone booth who tells them that they need to pass their history test. Yeah. And for the fate of humanity. And they're just like, yeah, that's great. We'll do it. <laughs> right, and right. then they're visited by their future selves and they're just like, okay, yeah, we'll do that. That's fine. Yeah. When, um, in this movie, we had to see a like diagram of the earth becoming unstable to yeah. prove to us so that, that it was happening. Right. And that is just a thing today that I, I that almost feels like a studio note where, uh, uh, a big wig producer head or, or a studio guy person is filming or, or watching the cut and is like, well, we just need something. So the audience knows yeah, that, that, that this bad things are happening so that they can believe that Bill and Ted need to do this thing. And it's important when it's like, no, you don't have to show me that because in the first two movies, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. The, it was just like the world's going to end. Just believe us. And they're like, okay, and that's kind yeah. of their thing is like they're they just do it. Yeah. They just know it and believe it. Um And that's more of a just a critiquing kind of on how a lot of movies are, I feel like, today in general. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. That is that your your mm-hmm. summary of your first point. So I wanna set a couple of things up as well to kind of set the table here. I I liked this movie. I thought it yeah. was really it was a good movie. Yeah. And it's super fun and I think it's worthy of the, the Bill and Ted movies, I'm glad it exists. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think, so So two two things that I want to talk about on why I think this was so well received and what really works about the movie. So the first is we are now in an age where it is like darkness, 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 darkness. Even, yeah. even you know, comedy has been overtaken by like the Judd Apatow, which I... Hey, we, hey, No, no, hey. no, no. We, we love Judd Apatow <laughs> no, I, in this we've house. We've talked about that. But there's like a darker hinge to it. And sometimes it's less like just, you know, vaudevillian, uh-huh. for lack of a better term. Or actually, that's a great term. Uh- but um, <laughs> but it's, it's less... Um, it's a little more like we're going to sit in here. Maybe the last half of a movie won't even have any humor in it at all. And we've talked on this podcast a lot about how like the comedy theatrically is kind of dead. Yeah. As of right now, it feels like Stuber was like the last attempt at like an original comedy that was in theaters. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been others, but that feels like the, the last like big studio Fairly nice budget, and the movie just bombed. Mm-hmm. So, kind of a fun movie, though, guys. Still haven't seen it. It's fun. Yeah. Um. So, like, what what's interesting is, meanwhile, on TV, you know, th- things are dark in any format right now, and we we like dark just just as much as the next guy. But um, there's a show called Ted Lasso. Came yeah. out last year. Oh, brother, you're going to talk about how positive this show is? Well, I'm not going to get too far in the weeds (laughs) here, but the show is, like, super, super positive. It's like Ted Lasso is just a force of good and kindness. Yeah. And whatever he touches, it it becomes better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he just tries to be a kind person. Yeah. And it feels like 
this movie coming out is like in that same kind of vein and it I've I've said this actually for years that like at at some point like you can only get so dark and so intense mm-hmm. that people are going to want to see some like lightness well you need to, like I think you have to get you we will get to a point where it is like I want to watch a movie and forget about how depressing the world is yeah when when I think we are going through a spot where we are obs- as a we are obsessed with commentaries on what life is like yeah and so this this movie, I think, is in that same vein, and people are starting to really, like, on a mainstream level, mm-hmm. dig stuff that's hopeful. Yeah. And now you, you, to- you toss all that into a stew, and then you add a pandemic where everyone has to stay home. Mm-hmm. And then you have this movie that's super positive about people bringing the world back to reality, mm-hmm. a world that is falling apart. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that's kind of like just a coincidence, a bad coincidence mm-hmm. that the pandemic happened. But this movie coming out last year and people being able to watch it from the comfort in their homes and them choosing to do a small theatrical release but not a huge one yeah, feels like this nice ray of hope. It feels like Bill and Ted made the pandemic better. They faced the music. They faced the music. So this, this movie, uh, you know, very optimistic – and very, I feel like it is kind of a an asterisk on the pandemic movie. I feel like I feel like that is a something you need to bring into the conversation when you're talking about movies that came out during the pandemic. Yeah, because this yeah. just feels um, very in how it was released and how the movie feels. Just feels very COVID nineteen to me. Yeah, in, in a good way. Yeah. Um. Then the the second part of all that and this goes along with the COVID-19 around the same time Christopher Nolan's movie Tenet had been moved again and if we remember not to go totally rehash here but we had this movie that is a great movie and I love but Nolan was like it can't be played at drive-ins where there aren't theaters nearby he was just very it felt like at the time with no vaccines in sight yet that he was very much like, you have to risk your life to see this movie. Yeah. And it, it just felt like he didn't care about his audience. Yeah. And it felt bad. But this movie comes out like a week before, and they just go, it's a new movie. It's a big budget movie. It was supposed to come out in theaters, but we're going to release it in theaters. And also, you can pay for it for $15 in the comfort of your home. This is pre, like, you know, Disney doing that and stuff for their movies. And it just felt, I, re- I remember, you know, re- you know, I didn't watch the movie till last night, but I remember reading reviews and the way people were talking about it is I, I think that also colored their perspective where it's like these two highly anticipated movies and one of them, the, the director's like yelling at people for not watching it. And the other one, you have Alex Winter being like, we hope you enjoy it and stay safe, guys. Mm-hmm. Be excellent to one another. And mm-hmm. then you watch this optimistic movie and it's like, Wow, that made me feel really good. Mm-hmm. So instead of getting a headache, instead of getting a headache, yeah. Um, so that's my little setting, putting a little concrete foundation at the bottom of the house. House is built on sand. Yeah, the tenant was built on a house of sand. Yes, it was it a beautiful was. house, and I like to visit that house occasionally. But Bill and Ted was built on a on a solid rock. <laughs> So let's talk about who made the movie. Um, it's directed by Dean Parasot, 
And he has done a ton of TV. He's done um, some episodes of Good Girls, Justified, Grace and Frankie, Monk. He also directed the movies Fun with Dick and Jane, the Jim Carrey movie, Mm -hmm. and Galaxy Quest. Wait, is Fun with Dick and Jane a remake? It is, yeah. Oh, okay. And then Galaxy Quest, you said? Yeah. Okay. Um, And then, just like the other two movies, this is written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Uh, The cinematography is by Shelley Johnson, and he has done a movie called Hurricane Heist, which I remember seeing trailers for this movie that looked horrendous, and I just want to tell you what it's about, Jordan. Well, they do a heist during a hurricane. Is it kind of like Army of the Dead? Where they're like, this horrific thing is happening. Let's go steal a ton of money. I think so. It's thieves attempt a massive heist against the U.S. Treasury as a Category 5 hurricane approaches one of its mint facilities. When did that come out? I want to say 2015. I don't have that in Hmm. front of me, but... And then Zack Snyder had the same idea. (laughs) That that is kind of true. I'm assuming that movie didn't do very well. Oh, no. No, no, no. Um... But we have actually talked about Shelley Johnson before because he did Captain America, the first Avenger, and Jurassic Park 3. Okay. Um, And then the music is by Mark Isham. Isham, And Mark has done Judas and the Black Messiah and Crash, amongst other things. And this movie comes out 8-28-2020. It has a $25 million budget. And these numbers are going to seem really low, but remember, most theaters were closed. Domestically, it makes $3.4 million, and worldwide, it makes six point two. Yeah. So but In the heart, priceless. Yeah, this is a MasterCard commercial. Um, let's see. Now, in 2005, uh, Keanu Reeves was on the red carpet, probably with uh, Constantine. Okay. And he's walking down the red carpet, and uh, someone says, hey, would you ever play Ted again? And he said, I wouldn't rule it out. And then Ed and Chris were like, hey, if Keanu would still want to do it, maybe we should see if there's another story to tell. And then Alex Winter hears about it, and he goes, why don't you guys all come over? For a barbecue. <laughs> oh, that sounds so wholesome. <laughs> and so um, three years later, they all went to Alex Winter's house, and um, they had a barbecue and a brainstorm. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. I love that. <laughs> that's that's two Bill and Ted. That's uh-huh. like two on the nose. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, they start throwing out ideas, and they're, they're like, yeah, let's make a movie. And so Ed and Chris are writing the movie, and... Um, but they're not finding like any studios that want to do this because all the studios are saying, ah, maybe if you like did kind of a remake of the first movie, a reboot, uh, you know, something like those other movies are culty, but they're not really financially viable. We don't want to back these this movie. Okay. So they're having a really hard time finding uh, a budget, um, and so like. Like as a as a sighting, even 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 mentioning um, the previous movie, I found this note just to show how how it was hard to get budgeting after the first movie. Um, at one point in the second movie, there were supposed to be huge rabbits coming after them in a highway car chase. Um, but the ambition of these films is always larger than the business appetite 
eventually I, meaning Keanu, started calling the second one Bill and Ted's Omitted Adventure because we got page after page that just said omitted. Oh. So that's of the second movie. Yeah. Take that into how, you know, they, like, can't get budgeting. And and apparently Solomon and Matheson both said that we never quite got it right. Like, they they didn't feel like they got the sequel right, even though... Oh, okay, that's interesting. The sequel rules. And actually, that was Solomon that said that, not Matheson. So, they're trying to do, they're trying to find funding, and they find a little bit of traction with studios, but it's kind of falling through. And then in 2014, they're like, hey, fans, can you just start, like, tweeting about us, like, writing to studios? Tell them that there is a fan base for this. And so they start doing that, and then studios start being like, maybe we should do this. And then in... I think it's 2015. We'll talk about it in a few weeks. A movie called John Wick comes out. And everyone goes, well, Keanu is back. You know, that's the mark of like his second or third resurgence. Like people are, or second resurgence. Yeah, they're like. What was his first? Like Matrix. I guess he never. I guess that would be his big breakout. So this is like, he he hasn't been in something that's. It's not like he fell off the map, but got it. From Matrix Revolutions to John Wick, there's a lot of stuff, but not necessarily like takes pop culture. John Wick, decent size hit. You know, all the sequels keep making even more money. And then studios are like, okay, all these fans are telling us that they want to see this movie, and Keanu is now a viable option. They greenlight the movie. Even in 2008 or 10? I mean, how far is that after Matrix? To, uh, I, think, I guess it's in a different way, though, because the internet's so much bigger today. Yeah, and I want to say 2003 was when the Matrix ended. Got it. So, so that was a while ago. Yeah, and I think like Constantine 2005 or 2006, I can't remember which, uh, I don't think that movie was a hit. No, I don't think so either. So, you know... Um, but this movie, even even with all that, the studios are still apprehensive, and they it, they they shot this movie in thirty seven days. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, with um, all that makeup and stuff. Yeah, or like just stuff. Yeah. Wow. And um, I think that's about it, except for when. Oh no, I'll get to that later. The there was an idea that I wanted to say that Ed Solom- Solomon and Chris Matheson wanted to do, like, some sort of weird, like, Christmas-type movie that would have, like, Santa in it and be kind of based on, like, A Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life, which... Yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> that I sounds like that. very fun. Um, and they have said that they would be open to, if people were interested in continuing the story with a Billy and Thea movie, mm-hmm. who are the daughters. Mm-hmm. And that's my notes for the movie. So, actors. Samara Weaving plays Thea. Um, Bill's daughter. Okay. Um, She is in Ready or Not, Three Billboards, Guns Akimbo, The Babysitter, Nine Perfect Strangers, G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes. Nine Perfect Strangers is the... That's the... Nicole Nicole Kidman Kidman show. Okay. Um, and then Bridget Lundy Payne plays Willomina or B. Okay. That, which is Ted's daughter. Okay. Um, 
they are in The Glass Castle, Downsizing, Bombshell, The Wild Wedding, Action Point. Downsizing. Downsizing huh. with Matt Damon. I, I'm just... No, I think I'm... they're... Um, so, you know, that I, I because th- it, it said so-and-so's girlfriend, and I feel like they're the girlfriend of that celebrity kid who, like, is... There's, like, that party thrown for him at Christoph Waltz's apartment. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. Hard to, I can't even believe I remember that. That's stupid, right? But I, th- I think that's who they are. Okay. But that's, that's just a guess. I don't know. So, um, for the listener, um, our, our buddy and future guest, Evan Coons, um, he... He, for several years, has said, Micah, have you seen Downsizing? A movie that I planned on seeing on my birthday when it came out because I thought the trailers were awesome and I just didn't get around to it. Um, And I said, no, no. And he goes, you have to see this movie because it is astounding. And I'm going, like, it's good? And he's going, no, no, no. It's the kind of thing that feels like like there's foul play involved and someone's trying to like launder money. It felt like a laundering money type of movie. And so he finally came over. Well, I should say I finally had him over and we watched Downsizing a couple of months ago. And I am telling you folks, if you haven't watched it and you enjoy being confounded by movies, absolutely one of the most confounding movies of the past 10 years. Yeah. It is, it is insane. Yeah. And I'll just leave it there. Yeah. But uh yeah. As I bad as else to add. It it was simultaneously as bad and worse than Evan described it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So. Okay, and then Anthony Kerrigan plays um Dennis, I want to get the name right. Dennis Caleb McCoy, the <laughs> yeah, robot. Yeah, yeah. Um he is also in Barry and if you guys have, if you guys have HBO and haven't seen Barry, what are you doing with your life? Um, you better be watching so Sopranos, and that's why you haven't watched it. Watch or Succession. Barry. Watch Barry as well. But, I mean... Can we just make a plug for Barry, okay? He's also in Gotham, back, back, Backlist, Blacklist, uh-huh. uh, Parenthood, and Satanic. And then Aaron Hayes plays Ted's wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's in Parks and Rec, Children's Hospital, They Came Together, The Goldbergs Medical Police, AP Bio. And then Jama Mays plays Bill's wife. She's in Paul Bar- Blart, right? Yeah, so she's in Paul Blart. She's also in Entourage. Um, great news, epic movie, American-made Red Eye. And then I also just wanted to shout out some cameos. Okay, fine. I'll um, allow it. Beck Bennett plays Deacon, a grown-up Deacon. Oh, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. He he's a SNL guy. That's I don't that's know if he's Ted's still, brother, right? Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he's still a cast member, but um, he's he was it was a it was just fun. Yeah, I actually haven't seen him in a whole lot. I the biggest thing I remember of him is the Arrested Development, um, newer season, um, yeah. where he's in some like weird, like porno thing. But I, but I think that oh, that's yeah. because of um, Tobias might be involved in it. Like, it's almost like not marketed as that, but that's really what it is. Like, that's the joke. Yes, yeah. Uh, I just remember him being very funny. Yeah, that was a weird... I think it was that season. Yeah, no, no, it was. I, I remember the scene. That, <laughs> I remember that was that funny. weird... We're, we're of the weird opinion that most people don't agree with, that season four of Arrested Development is actually very good. But Do people not think that? Well, I don't... I mean, I, I think it's good. I... 
Yeah, whatever. Mo- I don't most get people into it. most people don't like anything past three, but um, I that Hurwitz is involved. It's gonna be funny. <laughs> but the weird thing about that that season though is that it does suffer from. Mm-hmm. I know what you're gonna say the like it doesn't have the constraints of ratings on TV, so it does yeah. feel like a different show because it's like it's not too much more mature, but there are certain things that were kind of like. Oh, it was funny how you had to dance around this instead of say it when well, it was on Fox. To me, it was always it's one of those it's one of those things that I can't believe I'm saying it this way, but like the whole will they won't they in a lot of shows, and then yeah. they do two characters, and usually that kills the show. Yeah. Um, and in Arrested Development, one of the funniest plot points is Tobias and Lindsay are trying to have an open marriage, but neither of them can sleep with someone else like it just never works out and then in the newer season it just works out that's right and it just was kind of like i don't know it was kind of funnier the other way to me yeah yeah um anyway i digress a kid cuddy is in this as kid cuddy yeah but i think from another dimension or something or whatever i don't know he was funny he's in comedy bang bang for a time and that's all he's famous from that's all he's famous from and then holland taylor um she plays the great leader yeah. She she's in a lot of stuff. Okay. Just shouting her out. Um Jillian Bell, yep. which I just love Jillian Bell. Workaholics people. Yeah. She's very funny in workaholics. She's also in 22 Jump Street. And in Harry Potter. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. Um well, she's actually in a couple PTA movies. Is she in another one? She's in The Master. She is. I'm pretty positive she's in The Master. She's part of the cult. I do not remember her in that. But it's just a, a fun fact that no if no one knows, I just love it. Paul Thomas Anderson's a huge workaholics fan. <laughs> yeah. And he's worked so, so, some of the cast members into his movies because he just loves he's the show. So, he's just so strange. Because, I mean, he's... He is, but he isn't. I know, but it's it's just funny because he's, like, directed episodes of SNL. He's done... But his wife is... Well, his his partner is Maya, Maya Rudolph. Rudolph. Yeah, it's just, it's just weird watching There Will Be Blood and being like, oh, this guy's like a comedy nerd i know right <laughs> i know but then when you watch movies like punch drunk love it's like yeah he he gets the rhythms like he gets mm-hmm. comedy yeah um and then dave grohl makes an appearance what who's dave grohl i don't know it's just i it made me laugh so hard and i know i feel like it's kind of popular to hate dave grohl these days um, yeah i don't know why i but... think just because you know he's like an a-list actor musician that he, he continues to be a rock star and maybe that's just like it's fun to dump on rock stars these yeah. days these days uh but if people don't know two fighters came out with pretty much a straight up disco album this year yeah whether or not it's good that's up to you but they just did it guys <laughs> yeah that is pretty cool and i will always love seeing dave grohl show up in something i love i love him yeah and he, he is one of the funny he's so funny yeah he's he's, so funny. he's got he's, good comedic timing yeah and... he he's a fun youtube rabbit hole kind of person Definitely. you can find some good stuff with him and that's it wow way to go we we did it and now we've come to the plot of the movie yeah so, the movie begins, and we hear voiceover. Now, most of the time, and I'll include this in it, voiceover beginning and ending, don't need it. Yeah. that's cause I, I think that kind of speaks to your point earlier where it's like, well, modern audiences have to know everything about how things work. What's the voiceover in this movie? It's, it's the daughters, and they're saying, oh. you know, our, you know, Bill and Ted were supposed to change the world, but they didn't. 
Mm-hmm. And then we're seeing, you know, like Jesus be replaced with Kid Cudi mm-hmm. and um, Washington. The, the fabric being... of time is unstable. Yeah. People are blipping. Which, you know, we would have got that anyway. We don't need the voiceover. Yeah. But um, that's a, you know. That's neither here nor there. But then we get probably one of my favorite scenes of the movie. We get Missy's wedding. Mm-hmm. So, and she's marrying Deacon, Ted's brother. And to remind people, she has already been married to Bill and Ted's dads. Yeah, which is wild. Uh, I, it's it's. I sort of like that they continued the thread, but it's also gross that they continued the oh, thread. Oh, I thought of that I joke. thought it was so funny. Also, I don't think you mentioned that Wild Stallions did get really famous after the second movie, but then yeah. are like washed up. Yes. Now, oh, what um. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I want to look up something really quick. So, um, the wedding is happening, and Bill and Ted are playing the first dance. And very funny to me that they're they're very uh, honored to present this new song by Wild Stallions that's gonna like change the world. And it's just a really annoying song with as many instruments they can play as possible, including bagpipes. That thing yeah, with the, the theremin, the theremin, which is always a, it's always a funny. Um, musician joke i feel like as someone who's oh, not yeah. a musician oh yeah it's like oh brother a theremin <laughs> yeah but i i like how um alec or uh Te- bill is yeah. doing like gregorian throat singing oh i know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's also funny is the music that they're making you know is very experimental it was kind of cool was but for a wedding first dance (laughs) i don't think so but it is just yeah i love i do love this idea that they've been you know the the whole idea of this movie is you're plagued with a destiny that you must fulfill and they haven't done it yet but you you never knew how to do it yeah and so they're like we know we write a song to unite the world but we don't know what the song is so they keep trying to write a song and so Obviously, they're getting weirder and weirder. You know what's fun that I'm glad? So, so in the first movie, uh, they are visited by uh, Rufus in the future to tell them that they have to pass that history exam or else uh, Ted will move away and they won't be friends anymore and the world will be over. Yeah. Basically, he just is trying to keep a friendship, but he tells them that they become the most popular band of all time and they unite the world. Like, he tells them what they're going to do, but his mission is not that mission. Yeah. I think that's a very funny premise. It's also very smart, even though I know that when they made that first movie, they didn't think they were going to make two more. <laughs> right, But right. to not start with the biggest thing. Yeah. Because this movie, t- like, and they didn't even do it in the second movie. Right, so right. So then in the third, it's like almost like they unintentionally saved that for this movie and it felt so good it just felt like the right move well they did the story yeah i think this movie like they did kind of do it at the end of the last movie because you know they show the articles and stuff and if you end it there you're you can just assume because i think the newspapers even say like world peace is achieved and stuff that's true that's true i think you have to sort of they kind of retcon that a little bit yeah 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 there's a little bit of retconning which kind of I, I didn't dig so much. Yeah. But um I, I I just had something that I had forgotten to research, but um the Franklin and Kate's, that's the last name of the girls who are the medieval babes. Yeah. In the first two movies, uh in an interview, they said, We don't know why we're not in the new movie, Franklin laughs. We were never asked to be in it. The thing is with the new movie coming out, people are gonna go back and watch the original and that is what makes us really happy. After all, we were the first princesses. 
And then Kate says, I love this about Diane. She is a very positive person and an incredible mm. inspiration to me in many ways. Anytime I wanted to get vengeful and negative about Face the Music and us not being in it, she has helped me stay positive. Oh, well, that's a, that's a bummer. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really know why they didn't have them in it. That would have been fun. Yeah, it's like, how come they can't be in it, but Missy is her name? Yeah, Missy but and the she dad. she still gets and to be in it. It, it was a little weird. Because hmm. also, like, they would obviously be older than the actors who were in the movie now. Oh, I felt like they were age-appropriate. They, they were, but I don't know. I don't know. It was, I it, bet they're not that much. I bet they're kind of around the same age. Maybe a little fine. bit younger. I guess the two Bill and Ted wives, though, look yeah. fantastic for whatever age they are. Yeah. The the ones in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I really, they, I think they're in their 40s. Really? I, that's my guess. Wow. Let's look it up because. I'll have what they're having. That's face cream. It's called Hollywood, baby. <laughs> okay, Erin Hayes was born in 1976, so she's six years younger than my mom. So she's in her 40s. Wow. Jama Mays was born in 1979, so she's in her earlier 40s. Unbelievable. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's the crazy song, and then we get to the couples therapy with Jillian Bell. And this was a good scene, too. Yeah. We have, we have Bill and Ted in couples therapy with their wives. And the, the well, they introduced their daughters before that. That's right. They do. Um, their daughters, they, so Bill and Ted, Bill, uh, Ted's dad is grilling Bill and Ted about how they're washed up losers like they always have been. Right. And now they have two 27 year old daughters who are unemployed and are just the same way as them. And he's like, I don't know why I thought that they would be different. Yeah. And it is funny because they're exactly like their dads. Very funny. And I thought they both did a this great job. This is my one thing about it though. Okay. I think the the acting that they're they both nail it. They're having so much fun, and I'm having fun that they're having fun. Uh-huh. But with the introduction of those characters, that means we get less Bill and Ted time. And I would 100 percent rather just spend more time with Bill and Ted because there is quite yeah. a time spent on them, which makes sense. It almost is like a new legacy, you know. They're yeah. they get to do exactly what their dads did, which is fun. But at the end of the day, I just want to see what Bill and Ted is doing. Yeah, personally, that's true. But again, they nailed it. I thought they did good. Yeah, the yeah, I I agree with that point. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um. But yeah, so then they're they're in couples therapy, but all four of them are in it together. Yeah, and and they're driving at this point, which is actually going to be one of my complaints about the movie. Got it. I'm coming in with a hot one here, a steaming hot one. So this scene is very funny, where where the therapist is saying, you know. Why don't you tell your wife how you feel, Ted? And he turns and he says, Well, we both really love you so much and also you to the other wife. Mm-hmm. And they keep using the pronouns we yeah. because Bill and Ted are not they're their own unit. singular person. Yeah. And um, obviously they're driving at the point. The wives are like, you're not paying attention to me as an individual. It's always a group. Yeah. Now, I have a little nitpick. Yeah. I think with current comedies today, there is this need yeah. to write character arcs. Yeah. And we love character arcs. But for Bill and Ted, yes, they can learn stuff, but their whole thing is like, they're just stupid? Yeah. 
And it's the Socrates thing. Like, a man only knows something if he knows that he knows nothing. And these are the examples of that. And they're just trying to be excellent to each other. And so to add this thing, it's funny in this scene, but at the end of the movie, when Ted says, I love you, I was like, oof. That's just, it's just one of those moves where it's like, that is modern comedy, not old comedy. Uh, obviously, it has to change. It's not the 80s. You know, they're also not mm-hmm. dropping the F word in this movie mm-hmm. like they do in the previous two mm-hmm. as a punchline, which is good. Mm-hmm. But it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, we don't, I don't think we need that in a Bill and Ted movie. Mm-hmm. Again, I want to stress, though, we're analyzing the movie. I love this movie. It's great. Well, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I loved it. I loved the other two, and I'm happy that they made this movie. But mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, it should be you crazy. Know a potentially funnier idea. What's Sorry, that? I cut you off, but I'm gonna steam ahead. <laughs> you go because I agree with you wholeheartedly on this, um, and I think it would almost be funnier if. Um, they're not having problems with their wives. It's all hunky-dory fine. Uh-huh. And they are taken to the future and told that they have to write this great song. And if they don't, the world will be over. And then they have the same idea of let's go a little bit in the future to see what's happening. And they go in the future and they're not friends anymore. Yeah. And that that's why they become weird and they drink too much and like keep all those mo- like um, bad developments uh-huh. But it's because they're not friends anymore. Because that's what it's really about, is their friendship. Yeah. I don't know about that, but it's okay. not a bad pitch. I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I it's just, also, it could be funny where, like... <laughs> those were just my favorite scenes. With, with, when, no, they're really funny, because I don't really know how to redo it, other than, yeah. like, they go two years in the future, and they only find Bill. Uh-huh. And Bill tells them what happened. They're not friends anymore because of blah, blah, blah. And then they go... And then that future Bill has the idea of let's go a little bit farther in the future for X, Y, and Z. And then they uh-huh. find Ted and they have to like make each other confront each other and like become yeah. friends again. I guess I'm, I'm again, I'm not saying that's a bad idea. I just like on a fan level, I think that that also rings to me as like, yeah, but no matter what would happen, their friendship would never fade. Which is probably why they came up with this other idea. Yeah. But so. it's certainly not a bad idea, but but they were they were apparently at threat of them not being friends anymore in the first movie. Yeah. What? Because that's the whole reason Rufus came back to the past was to make sure that they stayed friends. Oh, you are right. That's true. I guess if like an outside force broke up their friendship, you know, a la the you know, one, you know, Ted had to go to the army or whatever as is threatened in the other two movies, then then I think that idea I would work that would work. Yeah. Um but yeah, and then an- another just thought on the movie is, you know, in the what they do in this movie as, as far as like plot concept is they go, they travel in time like the first movie, and then they travel into other dimensions, like hell, for example, huh? like the second movie. And I I do wish they had come up with like a third thing that was different than those Me two too. things. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, having said all that though, um, there are, there is a little of like nostalgia prodding yeah. in this movie, but. And you're going to get that. It when doesn't a lean on it nearly as much as you would think a movie that is like 30 years past uh-huh. 
the most recent one. It, it's a little more like, no, this does make sense story-wise. And they're not just like being like, remember that? Remember that? Remember yeah. that? Remember that? So anyway, yeah, I think those are all my kind of critiques on the movie. But they are... Um, so why do they leave the... Oh, the counselor's like, I would just like to talk to your wives. So they leave. Yeah. They go home. They're talking about how, you know, how everything was supposed to be. But it, why is it not turning it out, turning out such that way? <laughs> that was not a sentence. Um, and as far as scenes getting to the heart of it, I do like this scene a lot where yeah. Bill and Ted are talking and they're they're like, um, what does he say? Uh, Bill says, we need to keep working hard. And then Ted says, isn't that the problem? They're always trying so hard and they're getting nowhere. And then he mentions, like, I took my Les Paul down to the shop and the guy said I could could sell it for $6,200. And it's kind of like, oh, is this going to be about, you know, giving up your dreams or figuring out a new way to discover your dreams. And it is because it's kind of like, oh, the daughters were oh. the were the ones. Uh-huh. Um, I think that doesn't really mesh with the first two movies. No, it doesn't really make sense. But, but whatever. I'm, whatever. I'm fine with it. Um, um, they So they're visited by Chris and Shaw. Yes. Who is Rufus's daughter in the future. Uh, a, a strange oh. resemblance. That, yeah, it was it's kind of funny. Very weird. Um, always love seeing her in anything. Oh, yeah. Um, Micah and I talked about her at length last night. Yes, we and did. And you don't get that conversation today. Sorry. But um, we love her. That It was nothing but good, sweet nothings about Kristen Shaw. They, she takes him to the future. <laughs> sweet nothings. I love she, that expression. It's so funny. <laughs> and she takes him to the great council or whatever, and they tell him, you have 77 minutes to, yeah. to write the song that unites the world. And... I confirmed that that is the amount of time that it takes until they write the song at the end. Good. It should have been. So it, that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so this is always is what what's funny to me. Well, this was just a funny thing about future stuff. Yeah. So they're tell- So they show up and she's like, you guys were supposed to have written the greatest song and you haven't done that yet. Like she's disappointed in them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just think, aren't they in the future? Like, don't they know that it's going to happen? Yeah. Why, well, why does she have to chastise them over yeah. it? Like, like in the other in the other movies, it was just they someone would come and tell them what they need to <laughs> right, do, right. not t- say their opinion. Well, the the funny thing is the 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 rules of time travel in this series are very fast and loose. Oh yeah, and I love that about it. But it is it is sort of fun. Um, I don't. I think we talked about this on an episode once or twice ago. Um, but like. Yeah, we talked about it on Excellent Adventure, how movies today, anytime they do time traveling, they always do that theory that there's one universe and time travel is accounted for. You know, if I move, if I see a a circle or something. No, no, no. Like if I see a, you know, a door closes in my room and then I travel back in time and I'm the one who closed the door. Yes, yes, yes. But so I, wouldn't that mean that it's linear? Well, yes, yes. Okay. And I, but I do like how in this, how in Excellent Adventure and this, they're kind of doing the linear time travel, but they're also like, but you can affect change. Yeah. Because they, they go through this whole thing where they go in the future and they meet their other Bill and Ted's and the world is worse. Because they haven't written the song yet. Yeah. But the weird thing is like, they haven't, it, it's kind of hard if you think about it, but there's a timeline of Bill and Ted going through not writing the song, but reality stays glued together somehow. Because yeah. 
when they go into the future, they're able to see themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. reality's not destroyed. But then that time travel. But isn't reality destroyed if they are the way that they are in the future? I suppose so. But what's weird is like that time that time traveling could never exist because reality would have been destroyed by the time they That's become true. That. So wouldn't my idea kind of make sense where they go in the future and they're not friends anymore and that was the reality that was broken and that is devastating to the whole yep. world? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um So they're told. Yes. They got seventy seven minutes. To I'm give just them a like ton I wanna keep I, I need to get my map and like map out the time travel. They're given all the tools they need to write it. Yeah. And then they leave them to it and they realize uh, I don't know how to write the best song that saves the world. Do you, dude? No, I don't. Let's go steal it from our future selves because we definitely would have written it by now. Which is the first like genuine Bill and Ted moment yes. in the movie. And it, yes. and then they do the... Yes. And then shortly after that, I, well, I'll just get through this part, but Kristen Schaal is talking with the great council leader who was her mom. And apparently there's some theory that like, this was a little in the weeds, like exposition yeah. dump kind of thing. We're like, there is a theory that Bill, if we killed Bill and Ted, everything would go back. Everything would be fine. Yeah. That's cute. Dennis Mc, something McCloud robot. Yes. To come and kill them, which is just like, I think there was a funnier way to do it to still yep. have that robot in it. Yeah. Cause I, I think like that again, kind of reeks of like having Kristen Shaw be the daughter of the council and like the whole movie, she's like, don't kill Bill and Ted uh -huh. and the side adventure that feels a little like that. Once again, that's like modern comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, and well, not, they need to explain like why it's funny or something or like, yeah. Yeah. And it feels like maybe, it could have been, you know, funnier if Bill and Ted are just like, oh, I don't, what's this guitar do? And they like shoot a thing that a robot yeah. walks out and starts trying to kill him. And they're like, what the heck? Yeah. Let's go. You know. And it is, it is like kind of a funny thing too, where it's like a robot tried killing him in the last movie or, or yeah. doing a, well, no, they did. Robots killed him in the last movie. So I don't know. Yeah. I, th I think the, the kind of the only like unrecycled idea is them seeing their future selves. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty fresh and exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't think the recycling's bad. These are more observations oh, yeah. than like... it's. It feels like I'm ragging on the movie. But I again, I like this movie. Yeah, well, it's just it's just fun because of we... It's so hard not to analyze movies like this that are made 30 years after the originals. Yeah. Or the, the first couple. It's just too fun to think about like the what if of it all. Absolutely. And Good and it's bad. it's weird because it's it's, I mean, when like the only movie I can think of off the top of my head that is genuinely like everyone agrees, critically everything is great and it's year like more than two decades is Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Other than that, they're usually a bit of a misstep. Yeah. And then maybe maybe they figure it out because even. I love The Force Awakens, but a lot of people are like, it's just a new hope. And they're not wrong in saying that. We don't have to get into that discussion <sighs> yeah. now. But you, you, do you, you know what I mean? Part of the reason why Fury Road, it, it was so well received. And the other three yeah. are very good movies. And we have a whole series on it. We do, but don't you think that part of the reason why it's so well, the, the newest one was so well received is because on the other ones, there's so much to improve on? Dunce-wise, alone. Like there was, there's so much yeah. that we could do now that maybe they couldn't have done back then because of lack of budget yeah. or technology. Yeah. 
The story is also just freaking awesome. I anyway. think it's it's just, but it's also like a case of. I think it's also a case of, like, George uh, Miller. George Miller, you know, he's he's written, you know, the Rubber Soul. He's written the Big. White Album. All these other things. Oh, and then it's like, but guys, I'm gonna drop Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club on you. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's also that he just has become such an incredible artist at this point that he's just way better of a filmmaker by that That's time. That's true too. It also is was the perfect time because we were obsessed with dystopian. Yeah. genre right currently and, and back at the time. And that one's such a strange rare example because it's this it's this reboot that doesn't look back at the other 3 at all. That's true. Um which maybe there's a note there for people who are rebooting Do the stuff. other three though they don't really none of none of the movies really look back at a previous movie um but then you know even like mel gibson's not in it like that sh- almost feels like it shouldn't have worked but yeah. for some reason it's like you just sit down and you're just there and you just go and it's yeah. one of the best movies of the past 20 years but um what movie are we talking about <laughs> i don't know <laughs> Well, here we are, folks. It's the Christmas season, and that means I'm putting on another Christmas show on my YouTube, much like I did last year. This year, it's December 11th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, will be the premiere of Christmas at the Movies. Five of the songs are going to be available for everyone, and five of the songs are only going to be available to patrons of any tier. And we have some wonderful guests this year. We got Jacob and Sherea Summers, Brett Levick, Troy Thompson, Josiah Oliveira, Johnny Gerson, Evan Coons, Noah Cunningham, Aaron Fagan, Richard Bokish, Stephen Nance, Lauren Panter, Anna Marcoux, Reed Campbell, Chris Heisner, Jeremy Eden and his puppets. And also, of course, I'll be there. So mark your calendar, be there at the premiere December 11th, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Be there in the comments. Go to patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. Get the entire concert. It is, I'm, I can tell you right now, I'm still editing it, but it is unbelievably cool, and I think we topped last year. So get ready for Christmas at the movies. But, um, Okay, so let's talk about. Let's just go through what Bill and Ted do, and then we can do the daughters next. Let's do the daughters first, and then we'll go to the more okay. fun stuff. In my opinion, um, not your, that there's something in my opinion. fun. So the daughters are back at home doing nothing but listening to music because they don't do <laughs> anything else. They, it sounds like they only listen to Bill and Ted adjacent music. Yeah, and they <laughs> eat Cheetos. Um, yeah. So they they saw their dads being taken to the future, and they're like, "This is hap- Like, oh my gosh, it's happening again to them. This is so exciting for them. Yeah. And then Kristen Shaw comes back in her little egg time capsule thing, and she's trying to find Bill and Ted to warn them. Something uh, like that, yeah. Yeah, and then the daughters go out there, and they're like, hey, can we just take your time machine while you look for them, and we're going to try and help our dads. Yeah, and I do like that she's like, whatever. Yeah, and, and their <laughs> idea is to go back in the past and get like the best musicians in history to yeah. help them write the best song in the world. Yeah. Um. So they go to... The 60s? They go to 67, um, and then they find Jimi Hendrix. Yes. But he's not convinced in what they're selling. And they're like, well, what if we get 
an even older famous person that that has influenced him. Yeah. And maybe that'll convince them. So they go back to the 20s yeah. and they find Louis Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's great. I love that. Yeah, I thought that was fun too. The, the, only, the only thing, again, I feel like it, it would have been kind of funnier if like they tell tell Jimi Hendrix, you know, hey, we have this big time travel thing. And he's like, all right, let's go. Well, that's what that would be funny because that's what the other the first movie was. Yeah. No one asked questions. They just went. And it, it yeah, it's just like, OK, let's do it. And yeah. it but it is it, it is pretty funny that like they couldn't convince Jimi Hendrix. But they, but convince then Louis they convinced Louis Armstrong like pretty, pretty immediately. Well, they have the video of, of Jimi Hendrix. I know. And, that's, <laughs> and I just like thinking about that. I love that idea of like someone from the 20s has you know movies are still a new thing yeah they're <laughs> like yeah like not they don't even have talkies has... yet yeah yeah <laughs> and and they're handing him like an iphone and he's watching jimmy hendrix more play in what the thing is he's and he's like he's like guys you gotta come look at this this is pretty good yeah <laughs> um was uh louis armstrong that short of a person i don't know but I, curious. I think so cool just when we i don't were... know if i actually know what he looks like uh to be honest Come on. I don't know if I've ever I seen think, a picture. I think if you saw a picture of him, yeah. you'd be like, oh, that's Louis Armstrong. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, he, when we were in New Orleans, we we saw some stuff. You saw Louis Armstrong? He was yeah, still playing we saw the trumpet? Him. No, because um, obviously he's yeah, from I, New Orleans, and yeah. he's he is New Orleans, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways. And um, we went to a museum, and I, I can't remember if it was the whole museum or, like, one room had, like, a bunch of his trumpets. Dang, and that is so stuff cool. I'd love wore, to see that. And there was... um. There was a recipe from his either his mom or his grandma on like rice <gasps> that you could that that was just like up you know it was behind glass but it was kind of like oh we should take, I don't know if we took a picture of it or not but I was like that'd be so cool to try his grandma's yeah, rice that's you so know cool. um but that was that was cool because I mean as far as American musicians go I mean he's one like of the tops one of the tippy tops you yeah know? I mean there's a reason why they put him in this movie yeah so they get Jimmy. Yeah, then and they come back, get Jimmy. Then they go to Vienna in the... Like, I think it's like the 1600s, maybe? century? Uh, something Which would like be that. the 1600s? I don't know. To find Amadeus. Yes. Uh, Wolfgang. And it's fun that Jimi Hendrix plays along with him. Yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, one One thing that's very funny about this movie, though, is... I would say it's maybe nominated for the worst. Um, oh, music playing? Like fake playing I think I've ever seen. In I a was movie. curious what you were thinking. Because it was, was it was even like. I'm, I mean, because I'm not a musician, I don't even really pay attention to that stuff. Oh, it was it was like kind of hard to watch. Oh, really? <laughs> the Jimi Hendrix guy, though he looked like Jimi Hendrix, I was like. Oh man, like he's never touched a guitar before. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and then the the Mozart guy, they they covered his keys, but he would do stuff like he'd hit and raise his hands yeah. above, and there's still notes playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that was like, well, oh. you can tell that the actor can't play the instrument when they show the upper half of the actor while yeah. they're playing. Yeah, which is what they did for a lot of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Well, but and Mozart, but... Um, it, it, it is one of those things, and uh, I saw a whole thing that showed, like, you know, all the musicians who actually played their parts, which is cool, because a lot oh, of them are cool. famous musicians, but um, that that was just, I mean, pet peeve. Yeah. But 
that one like really was oh yeah i i I understand yeah so then they go to 2600 bc yeah uh to china yeah and they get like this famous flautist is this person real i'm guessing so but i have no knowledge of this person me neither and then they go to i thought it was a very cute scene with her and Mozart. Uh, Mozart. Yeah. 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 You were right too. I know, Um, but I should probably just say Mozart. Yeah. But, and then they go to 11,000 BC. Yeah. And they find this African woman drummer. Yeah. And, uh, that was cool too. Yeah. I liked that. And then I think after that, they have everybody. So they have the band, right? And then they go to hell. (laughs) Right. Because the robot sees them, shoots them, they go to hell. Yeah. Now, Let's get back into our own telephone booth and go back. And then Bill and Ted decide to go two years in the future to Mm -hmm. see themselves. Now, I keep on saying, I mean, this speaks to that I did really like this movie. I keep on saying this was my favorite part. This was maybe my favorite part (laughs) because... Because they're playing at an open mic. They're playing at an open mic. This felt very like they're trying to get the two people to clap with them. They see me as a as a yeah as a struggling musician. I've been at this scene before, and so uh, current Bill and Ted go to future Bill and Ted, and they're at an open mic playing. And there's like two people. They're playing Wild Stallions. No one is clapping. No one's watching. And Bill is wearing. Some of the funniest stuff. He, oh, Bill he has is like wearing a bowler, like shirt, a bowler on. shirt on, which is very <laughs> funny. And then Ted. Ted has a bandana. Yeah. And like a leather jacket. He looks like Tim Robinson in that sketch <laughs> where. Whoa, nice bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice motorcycle. <laughs> That's a nice motorcycle. Um, what is that? It's like they got it on four wheels. <laughs> that motorcycle has four wheels. <laughs> um, and so then the current Bill and Ted they they corner future Bill and Ted, and future Bill and Ted go, "Oh, I bet I bet you're wondering why we're playing an open mic. Would you believe us if we said we're being humorously satirical?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "No." And so, um, I do they chase them? Well, they chase them because they immediately start running away. But then yeah. they corner them, like you said. And they're like, what's going on? Why are you guys playing here, like you said? And then they said, our, our wives left us. Yeah. And basically, there are a couple of D-bags now. Now, I was a little confused about the wife leaving us thing. So yeah, the, I don't get it either. Because the wives... In, Honestly, didn't need it. Yeah. And didn't need the that subplot. I, I understand them going to the future and they're like, our wives left us. Yeah. For, and and like we don't get into the the stuff that we've already gone into. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like at one point they're told oh, so yeah, they said their wives leave us. Their future selves came back to them and took them into the future to show that like they were oh no no. no. They started time traveling to find the best timeline of when they're happiest with us and they never found one. Yeah. And that's when Bill and Ted are like, we got to go back to the present and warn them of this. Yeah. Which is just kind of a waste of time in my opinion. Yeah. The other thing, I mean, this goes back to the time travel thing. It's kind of fun. This is actually kind of Bill and Ted that I'm stuck in this. So I'm not even going to use it as a critique, but this movie is in implying 
different, like a multiverse, uh-huh. but yet they're traveling along only one line. But there's a lot of different lines when they show them traveling with him. That's true. But I know no, you're what right. you mean. You're right, though, actually, because yeah. I think they are all different timelines. Because, like, they go to... But again, per- don't think about it too deeply. Yeah. It's going to make my head start hurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they go back. So then they talk to them. They, they're they like, wow, we really suck in the future. I think Bill says something like, I got to make sure and be nicer when I'm that when I'm older. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they go back to the present. Their wives are still in the counseling session. They tell them everything that we just said. They're very confused. And, and when they tell them, they're like, your future selves are going to come and pick you up. And so they're going to go, they're going to take you on a trip, but don't go on the trip. Oh, but if we were told that you were on the trip, then you go on the trip. So go on the trip, but don't go on the trip, okay? But know that you'll <laughs> never be happier than right now or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that. We're going to fix this. Yeah. And then they go five years ahead. And <laughs> this scene is also very funny. So is this at Dave Grohl's house? This, don't spoil it. Oh, um, the big mansion, a la Dave Grohl. So they they find the future Bill and Ted's who are speaking English accents very poorly, both oh, of them. Yeah, I never thought I was going to get another Keanu with an English accent role. Very, very funny. Yeah, it's it's finally. I mean, not finally, but it is like I think he knows he can't do it. Yeah, and I so, think he knew in Dracula he couldn't do it either. Probably. But yeah. So they're like very much. You know, they they look like. They look like 80s Steven Tyler rock. kind of yes. vibe, both yeah. of them. Well, what, uh, is um is Keanu wearing a top hat? Is he like Slash? Yeah, he yeah he but kind he, of has a Slash vibe. Or yeah. braided. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's it's so bad. I, uh, yeah, I, and so <laughs> what they a weird look p- moment in rock history. What it's it's just so funny. I mean, the dedication of of everyone involved. That like, I mean. I just can't help but just love everything about Keanu because he just, whatever role it is, for better or worse, he's going all the way. Mm-hmm. And this this is very, like, memeable stuff. And it mm-hmm. could be memeable in a bad way, all of this. But and both him and Alex... just rolls off Keanu's back. Well, that's true. He's kind of unstoppable. He's invincible. But him and Alex are just like, no, no, no. We're doubling down. Yeah. We're going to look weird in this movie. And it... Gets weirder Have in the next said one. That Alex Winter is MVP for me in this Absolutely. movie. Absolutely, the dude, and and counted counted is so good. Oh yeah, as well. But Alex Winter, it's like he it, no time has passed since he's played this character. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess it's kind of easy to say that because I haven't seen him in anything else. Well, he's been more making stuff, not Does acting. Does he make stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't know to what degree if it's yeah. writing or producing or whatever or directing. But it made me feel like, man, I wish he was in more stuff. Yeah, just I, in I, general. I read one one spot and I didn't really like continue looking at it, which now I regret. But that he like took acting lessons for this movie again because he hadn't acted in so oh, interesting. long. So, so well, they paid off because he's he, so he's funny. Really in this movie. good. I he, love him. He is. I mean, well, we're, when we're going to get to the other funniest scene of the movie, he's he also so good. Looks like he kind of hasn't aged, in my opinion. I, he looks fantastic. He looks so good. He looks so much Alex, like his younger self. We'd love to have you on the show. Seriously, dude, <laughs> you're awesome. So, Keanu, um, you're looking great too. We all know. Oh, that. well, that kind of goes without saying. But um, I just love the dedication to. I think 
both of them, but I feel like Keanu in particular, his future selves look really bad. I agree. Because they, they keep on drinking and stuff, so the makeup's really bad. And, the, and he's got a fat suit on in this, <laughs> this future, yeah. and it looks bad, and he's like scratching his belly. Yeah. So basically, current Bill and Ted, they get handed a CD from the future Bill and Ted, and they say, that's the song, guys. You did it. And then... And they play it for him. They, they they play a little bit and they're like, they're like oh my crying. gosh, we did it. It's so good. That's yeah, the best song we've heard. And so then current Bill and Ted go to the door and as they leave, Dave Grohl shows up and he's like, what are you doing in my house? <laughs> so they're at Dave Grohl's house mm-hmm. and Bill and Ted were faking and they take off running. And then they're in another room taking off their, their like glamorous clothes. And that's when we see that Keanu is like really overweight. Uh, and Bill is bald. <laughs> like like a gross over yeah home over situation going on and um which is so this is just a funny question i have in mind so they have these get-ups that they were wearing yeah did they break into dave Grohl's house and dave Grohl owns these i things? think so i think so <laughs> which funny. i i love too i mean um so then and this is like classic bill and ted i love this too where they're like they go our fu- like they figure out that their future selves know what they're going to do so they can't escape this mansion. Yeah. And so they go, what do we got to do? We have to do something that we won't know that we're going to do. Yeah. So what do they do? They put buckets on their head <laughs> and just walk around until, until they, they fall out of the house. Yeah. Funny. Dad shows up. And he gets sent to hell. By the by robot. the robot. And... We haven't even talked about the robot really yet, but I think we will. This is the first time the robot sends someone to hell. And I think you and I didn't laugh quite because I think we were a little put off by mm-hmm. it and not mm-hmm. in a bad way, but he sends the, their, his dad to hell and he's just like, uh oh, well, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't supposed to do that. And then when he sends all the other people to hell, he... I mean, you just got to watch the movie to see his reaction because it is it is straight up hilarious. Yeah. And by the second reaction, I was like, who is this? I feel like well, I've that, seen yeah, this. See, that's the, the funny thing. So um, I also like his makeup a lot. He looked cool. Yeah. Um, he looked stupid. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, I know, it was yeah, like. Yeah. He fit the movie. Yeah. And he, what was so funny about him is like when I saw him, I thought okay, I don't recognize this. This is just going to be like a Terminator-esque destroy, kill. There yeah. might be a couple of jokes. Yeah. And then when he had that reaction, I was like, what the heck? You know, it's like, oh, he's sentient? Yeah. And it like was, he has emotions? Yeah, I was kind of like, what is this? And then I thought, who is that? Because this has got to be a comedian, we know. Yeah, yeah. And-, and then when it kept happening, I was like, oh, this guy, this is not just someone who, you know, had the physique and they hired him, like, like the one guy in Shang-Chi. That that was the only one that didn't look cool that had the like crew cut. Oh yeah, the Romanian. Like, oh, they they hired him because he's a big guy, not yeah. because yeah. he's interesting. Um, this was like, oh, they hired him to do something very specific. And I in couldn't this figure movie. out who it was, and I, it's just more fun to try and figure it out. And the yeah. only person I could come up with was Adam De- Devine, Devine, Devine. Yeah, well, because it had those mannerisms. Yeah, and and I've and but it didn't. His voice is so recognizable though that I yeah. like we would have known right away if it was him. And it's just like, no, it's not him, but it is someone we've definitely have seen and as who has acted very insecure. I had to look it up during the movie. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I found out it was um, Anthony Kerrigan and was so happy he was in this movie because he is so funny. He's so funny. 
and um, it's almost as if so his name is De- dennis something mccoy McC- whatever uh-huh. and he says it a lot he really wants people to know what his name is it's almost <laughs> like he's programmed to tell people yeah and when kristen shaw sees him and he says his name and she's on the phone with her mom. She's like, you seriously made my boy, my ex-boyfriend and you named him Dennis, my ex-boyfriend. It's as if the mom put all of her ex-boyfriend's characteristics into the <laughs> yeah, robot. Yeah, yeah. And maybe this is how this guy was. Yeah. Very funny. Um, so then Bill and Ted go more into the future. Yeah. And they're hearing this weird chanting song and they're in kind of what looks very dystopian and weird. And they are. No, in it a- doesn't. It's immediately, you know, it's a prison. Oh, you're right. But it, but it looks bad. I guess, yeah. Um, so they're in this prison, and we have Bill and Ted, and they must have used, like, body doubles or something. Well, No, but, they probably were wearing suits. You think so? Yeah, I think so. I think we have Man. the, I think we have the, techno- the capability to do that. I, maybe, maybe we don't. It was unbelievable. I know, it was very funny. Because they're huge. They're like meat. They're like sausages. They're like 300 pounds each. Yeah. And... You know, they're just really aggressive. I mean, this was hilarious. I don't remember any, like, specific well, jokes from it, but... Well, the plan was, you guys are here now, and we're going to switch places with you so that we can go back into the past and be with our wives. That's right, yeah. Um, and then they start fighting, or the, the robot shows up, and they start fighting the robot, these future selves. Yeah. And Bill and Ted get away. Their wives show up at that point. I don't want to yeah. get into it, though. And then they go where? Then they go more into the future. Okay. And this is when they find them old. Oh, yeah. And this is the other funniest part of the movie. So they find Bill and Ted on their deathbeds. Uh-huh. And Again, so... makeup? The really makeup good. was... In, actually, the makeup was better than almost any other old person makeup I've seen. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm willing to go that far out. Okay. Like... It's really good. It was insane how good it was. Because most of the time... When you have a recognizable actor and they're old, it's just kind of like, what they look like that? I don't know. Or should they have just cast an old person? Yeah. It can be so weird, you know? You, on the one hand, you have Bill and Ted. On the other hand, you have Winona Ryder at the end of Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I watched it recently, though, and it's not as bad as I remember it being. Okay. I'll have to take your word for it, because I remember that being, like, one of the worst. But in terms of, well, I don't, you know what? I'm not here to talk about Edward Scissorhands today. Yeah, this episode will be longer than our Scream episodes. Yeah, so <laughs> they talk to their deathbed selves, and they yeah. have the flash drive that has the song on it. It's got the song. And then they both have a heart-to-heart with themselves. Th- this is the funniest thing. Yeah, and like Ted says to, old, old Ted says to Ted, like, I just feel like I never really knew you. And I, I, never, I never was really me around you. I never opened myself up to you. Yeah. Well, you know, you 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 tried and, you know, whatever. And then Bill, this is where it's like Alex's MVP. Yeah, and he's like, he I'm says, sorry I let you down. And then he says, you never let me down. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Hug. Or, or no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry the times I let you down. And then old Bill says, you never have. You never have. And they're like crying. <laughs> and it's it's kind of emotional. But it it's also it like, second. what? Yeah. <laughs> And that's that's the kind of mind bending stuff I want out of these mm-hmm. movies, and so they have the MP, the uh, USB, drive. and then they're getting ready to go. The robot shows up, and they go, "We got the song." Yeah, and the robot's and, like, "Oh, you got it, sweet." He's and then like, he "I don't have to kill you." Hell. No, he says, "I don't have to kill you anymore." Oh, okay. And they're like, "Okay, cool. Let's go take care of it." 
and the robot's really excited. And then he goes, um, you know, your your family is in hell, though. And oh, they're like, what? Yeah. This is probably when I was looking up who the actor was. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and then they break the USB because they say, well, like, if we don't have the song, now you have to send us to hell and you have to kill us. Oh, I, don't, like, I didn't see when the USB broke. This is definitely when I was looking up the actor. Yeah. Okay. So, the, so the idea is, like, he's programmed to kill them because they haven't got the song. But now that they have it, he doesn't have to kill them anymore. Mm-hmm. But then they break it. And he's like, oh, okay, I have to kill you. So he <laughs> reluctantly does it. And then he's in hell with them. Yeah. And everyone's confused by that. And then after thinking about the movie, I go, I think this implies that he is sentient. He is sentient. That's why he could go to hell. Yeah. Well, what, doesn't that mean he has a soul right. or something? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so then they're going around hell. They they almost immediately find their family, mm-hmm. which I loved. Mm-hmm. And the band's all there. And then they have to get out of there, so they got to talk to death. Yeah. Now, this was definitely the same actor, right? Yes, it was. So they go there, and, you know, there was a bad breakup in the band between Death and Bill and Ted. Death was having 40-minute bass solos. 40 minutes. <laughs> and he's like, well, I was really grooving. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And then... And he, they really need to go back, and he's saying, like, you know, I got... Death says, I got demoted for, what yeah. I, for like, being in the band. Also... <laughs> I forgot this, but when they come upon death, they turn the corner. Oh, he's playing hopscotch <laughs> by himself. And, then they're, yeah. and, they're and they like, go, he's not even playing it right. He's cheating. <laughs> and they, but it's just it's so like funny really when he goes, cute. when he, they go, is he playing hopscotch by himself? <laughs> that might be the funniest joke <laughs> in the movie. I mean, this is a good movie. Yeah. Um, And so they, they're not figuring, they, like they can't convince him. I just think that I just am still thinking about it. One of the funniest <laughs> things gotcha. you can put in a movie is showing like your main <laughs> characters watching someone else do something else, and they that person doesn't know that they're watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just the 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 death scene is great. Th- this feels the most like nostalgic, but it really works. I think. Uh huh. Um, I feel like they they get a lot of jokes, like band breakup jokes in there. Basically, the daughters say, "Let us go check it out." Yeah. And talk to death. And they go in and they talk about how... How great he was. Great he was. And they mention certain songs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, basically, we're going to take the band back. Mm -hmm. They take the band back. They they need to go to MP... 46. 46. And they're like, what is MP46? Kid Cudi is giving really, like, complicated answers that I think are, like, the joke. But we were a little lost. But I yeah. think that's kind of the point. So that's yeah. just me and Micah being dumb. Um, and they show up like at border control or something. I couldn't tell. Border control. Well, it just looked like they were at a border getting into something. Like on a freeway. Okay. But also, I don't know. All that to say is they show up on MP40. Yeah. Six. Um, and this is where the show is supposed to happen. And they only have minutes to do it. Yeah. They get the band together. They get they get it going. Of course, it's not working because yeah. for obvious reasons, one language barriers, and then also like they never played music together, yeah, yeah. and they're from different centuries. So how does that even work? But then Bill and Ted realize it's their daughters who make this work and yeah. unite the world. And then their unity part of it is they go around to everyone in the world and give them instruments. And it's not the song that unites the world. It's that everyone played together. Mm-hmm. That That is in definitely like retcon zone. It is, but you know what? I liked it. 
and and it also feels because extremely it, pandemic. That's why I liked you know? it, I think. And then it's also like that's what they were always told is they wrote a song that unites the world. They literally united the world. Yeah. By making yeah. everyone participate. Yeah. So you, I liked you could, it. You could pretend that the instruments are the uh interface zoom okay. of which united <laughs> so they start playing the song and then bill and ted get up there and start rip, ripping it they start shredding yeah now uh i think the ending was my least favorite part in what way it 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 did it funny enough as sincere as these movies are it just felt a little too sincere for me and in this series like when they were putting together the song and stuff it just felt a little a oh, little I get too what you're saying corny however and i know this was shot all before a pandemic happened right could have been reshoot stuff we, i don't know that's true because looking well, at no it, if they only had 37 days i don't think they also got money for but reshoots. looking at it through the lens of a pandemic i like how heartfelt it becomes yes the end. looking at it through that lens but when you do like let's say a pandemic has not is not happening and you see that i get what you mean yeah it, it's a little it's a little bit like um like, I just wish the tone was a little more like, this is unbelievable that this stupid thing united the world. And it's a little more like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. Just a little nitpicky. How come Station wasn't in this movie? Well, remember Kid Cudi goes, hey, Station. Yeah. And they go, Station. Does that mean he's Station? So I think the implication is that he is like a new version of Station. Oh. Which, Kid Cudi, Station he ain't. You know what I mean? You don't got that ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so they save the world. Yep. And then there's all this footage of people who Alex Winters had, you know, tweeted out and said, send us footage of you guys playing air guitar and playing music. And, and then they put it all on the credits. Which was so nice to see. It was very cute. And again, th- this movie is just like so pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like kind of about the pandemic even though it wasn't supposed to be mm-hmm. i feel like there's you know in the coming years we've like last year we talked about how maybe it'll be interesting to see what horror does mm-hmm. when people start writing you know pandemic horror yeah I whatever think, i that. just would like the listeners to know that you did the universal symbol for writing by writing <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. air to let me know that that's <laughs> what you're saying but you know like like the writers who are writing stuff in 2020 2021 that are horror writers, what, what are those stories going to be? Mm-hmm. What are those allegories going to be? We're excited to see it. But this is like the the other version of it, where it's like, oh, but there can be like an optimistic yeah. version of, of, of what a pandemic inspires. Mm-hmm. Although I know this was written pre-pandemic, but I hope, I hope what I'm saying is making any semblance of sense. I think so. Um, that's a movie. What do you think? Are we did we do it? I think we did. We did Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. It was most excellent. Most excellent. Um, give me your ranking, Jordan. One, two, three. Wait. Hmm. One, two, three. I'm going from best to least. Yes. Okay. I'm going at the bottom. I got three. At the number two, I got number one. Mm-hmm. And number one, I got number two. Two and one are very, very close. Almost yeah. on par. Yeah. Um, great series, and as you'll notice, we 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 have been marching through Keanu's career at the same time, but we didn't march through from ninety one to twenty twenty because next week we're gonna go from ninety one to ninety nine, 
and talk about him to get us to the Matrix. 91? Because Bogus Adventure started. Oh, okay. I'm like, are you telling me the Matrix came out in 91? No, no. It came out in like 1999. Yeah. So we're going to go from 91 to 99. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how that is going to go down, folks. So next week, it's the Matrix. This is a big one. This is like a... I hope that there's some stuff in the dictionary of film and I got to do extra research because the matrix is one of like the all time American films. Yeah. We got to cover this thing. Like you cover your ass when you've been pantsed. You know what I'm saying? Now, (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) next up? It's patreon.com. You gotta go there. Patreon.com slash M I C A H M C C A W. There is a, if you go to the show notes, you can click it. And I'm telling you what, this month we are covering Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Get on it, fool. You better. But also, what's the other thing they say? They say, be excellent to each other. And then they say, party on. That's what they say. That's my sign off. Party on. Be, yeah, be, excel- be excellent to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs>